straight, straight from South Africa. South Africa. This is the strange and mysterious world with your hosts, Lee Straightman and William Pollinson. Pollinson. Welcome to Strange and Mysterious World. This is season one, episode 18. We're going to be discussing cryptids tonight and with an experiencer by the name of Stephen. He'll be coming around a little bit later. And we'll be chatting a little bit about David Icke. I know, well, you've got some stuff on David Icke there. But before we even chat about uh, our recent stuff from David Icke, let's go back in time, man. Let's go right back in time. So you, you remember, you know what the younger Dryas is? Yeah, that's a meteorite, or they don't know what it is. It's a layer of like uh, sediment that they found. I don't know if it's like um, thirteen thousand years or something. By the uh, one yeah. of the ice ages, the last. Yeah, ice that's age. correct. Yeah, that's that's uh, correct. It's the last ice age. Is, they don't know. Some people say it's a meteor that hit the Earth, or a meteor whole meteor strike, or it's like, or or the other theory is that there was um, solar flares that kind of came down and fried the place, and um, there's like a sediment that they don't know. Yeah, they don't know how to explain, and I think that's what was the one of the major extinctions that took place. Yeah, that's left. Yeah, so the younger Dryas, that's correct, is the last ice age that was around about twelve thousand BC. Around, we do know from archaeological evidence that's coming through that you know we date prior to that humans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I'm I'm going to go from around about seven thousand years ago. Uh, this is when the Sumerians were around, and obviously the first recorded, the first current I'm going to call it current recorded history is the Sumerian text, the cuneiform text. Cuneiform. Cuneiform, yeah. Or if you have, you want to call cuneiform, cuneiform, however, yeah, right. So in Sumeria, they actually had a god called Ningishizida. Now I'm gonna. This is a this this god here. I'm, you're gonna recognize something a little bit later on, okay? But this god was. You find him on the jars that the guys have found. You know, the archaeologists. You can find him on the jars, and he's a he. Sometimes is represented as a double helix, and sometimes he's re represented as a as holding a double helix. Now, a double helix serpent. I'm talking about. So you know when the serpent crisscrosses. Yes, okay. it's almost like that. Um, the, the for ambulances. What is that? Yes, that, uh, yes, yes. Ambulance. Yes. Correct. Or okay, so that, that is quite important. But the double helix also represents what else? DNA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So watch, watch this space. You yeah, you'll you'll hear this a little bit later. So anyway, we're going back to he's he's probably one of the first reptilian gods, Nikish Zida. He is a shapeshifter. Now, going back since the beginning of, like we're saying, from the beginning of cuneiform, from the beginning of Sumeria, right through to today, there has always been some sort of reptilian presence. And it's been with us from the beginning. So, like I'm saying, cuneiform, uh, the texts talk about the, the Sumerian god. If you head off to India, the Hindu texts, the Mahabharata, they talk about a snake being, there's actually quite a lot of them, snake beings called the Nagas. And the Nagini. Yes, the Nagas. That's quite prominent, yeah. prominent in um, yogi. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah, correct. And it's in Buddhism as well. So it's it's quite prevalent uh, in the uh, in the Hindu texts. Now the Nagas are the male uh, snake beings, also shapeshifters, and the Nagini are the female. Now I don't know if you are a Harry Potter fan at all, but Harry Potter's nemesis was Lord Voldemort. 
he who should not be named. His whole crux that he had with him that he used to that he used to have with him was a snake called Nagini. That's just just as a you know a side note for the for the show, which I thought that, was actually that's quite really cool. cool. I yeah. like that. <laughs> and then obviously you know heading off to the Bible, you have the good old serpent in the Garden of Eden. Obviously the serpent was the one that told Eve to Charlie Apple, which we all know was not an apple. Yeah, it's but you know the you know the funny thing is it's only there that part in the Bible that actually mentions the snake being as this kind of evil type thing. From there on, it's venerated throughout the rest of the world, eh? the, the snake. But anyway, uh, carrying on to the Bible, Moses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Moses actually had, I don't know if you recall, he had this staff called Asclepius. Now, Asclepius is actually a Greek god, a Greek uh, healing god. Okay, that was that was they had the staff. The staff is called the Sclipius, or the Sclipius rod, if you want to call it that. And that was one snake that was entwined around the staff. It was a bronze snake, and if whoever looked upon this bronze snake would be healed of any afflictions. Moses had this, oh. right? Now, what you were mentioning earlier with the double helix with them being a medical yeah. symbol it's on the, on all medical symbols you you have them on the the ambulances and that kind of stuff you also have the eclipius staff where it's in a cross and in the middle of the eclipius staff you'll see the snake intertwined around the rod okay so both of them are actually medical symbols our good friend our very good friend old hermes trismegistus he was yes. the he was the greco egyptian god what did he carry with him what was his staff called caduceus and on the top of Caduceus was what? Was a helix snake. Feathered helix snake that had wings. So is Caduceus yeah. actually Ningazida? What is what is the, the that god that came to what's what, South American thing? It was a half Quetzalcoatl. Uh, yeah, I'll get to him. I'll get to him. I'll get to him. I'll, I'll get to him. Okay, you're gonna get there. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna get to him. But uh, as we're chatting about Hermes uh, with the staff, is Hermes perhaps Ningish Zida, because it's also the helix with the feathers. So we started to make connections here with the snake being. And now your favorite. So we're going to head over back. We're going to head over to South America. Now, South America, the Aztecs had, had Quetzalcoatl and the Mayans called him Kukulkan. That is the feathered serpent, the one that you're talking about now. Also feathered serpent. Yeah. All right. But he was like a rainbow color. He had like a rainbow effect. So he's called the Rainbow Feathered Serpent. He was the god of creation, oh. and he was like he was like one of their main entities. So also involved in uh, healing. What's that? Wasn't he wasn't gay with the rainbow. No, he wasn't like flying. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe gay rainbow flag. <laughs> the gay rainbow serpent snake. Well, maybe that's where they got it from. Maybe they got it from there. Maybe he was gay because, like you know, you can think of a, of a serpent with feathers. I mean, maybe he had. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it was a cross-dressing serpent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, he was obviously very heavily featured in South America. I mean, they built Teotihuacan, the pyramids in Teotihuacan around him. That was the uh, Aztecs um, and the, uh, sorry, in the Mayans, and the Aztecs built Chichen Itza, the pyramid for him. So he was heavily venerated in the South America. And believe it or not, the, the Pablos, you know, the Indian crowd, the Pablos, the American Indians? Yeah. Yeah. They've also had Americans. Hey? No, what Native that? American. No, Native no, not, American. Not, not, yeah, Native American, Native American Indians. Yeah. 
<laughs> not Latin American. <laughs> Native Americans. <laughs> um, they they had a serpent gull call, uh, called Avanyu. So you got from the bottom, South America, Quetzalcoatl and Kukulkan, right through to the top, Avanyu. Wow. Australia, the Aboriginals. Now, this is like a completely opposite side of the world, dude. <laughs> they had oh, a geez. rainbow serpent that was part of their creation. Is another gay serpent. This one didn't have feathers, though. <laughs> this one, I think, is just before he put his feathers on, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> then we, we, we can chat about the Vikings. The Vikings had this world snake called Jormungandr. Okay, he was the world serpent. He's the serpent that's wrapped around the world in the Viking mythology. And this is the one that uh, will, if when eventually he decides to break through the earth, all the earthquakes and storms will start happening like, constantly, and it will then sign in Ragnarok. Ragnarok begins. So what have we been noticing quite late, lately with all the storms and earthquakes and stuff? The snake is shaking his tail, man. He's about to waken up. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so we can't. And then <laughs> obviously, about to have a Kundalini awakening. Yeah, yeah, the snake is heavy, heading up my spine, dude. All right. And then obviously in Japan and China, you had the uh, the feathered dragons. Okay, that was very pro yeah. predominant in their culture. And even the Zulus in South Africa, we've they had a goddess snake called Mlambu. Okay? Yes. So the whole point of this great Mlambu. Yeah, the whole point of this thing, dude, is. The snake has been with, or, or some sort of reptile has been with the human being since the beginning. So I know David Ark has got his theories, and you got to get into that now. But I just find it fascinating. You know, it's always from the biblical side, it's been given a very bad rap, the the snake, so-called Satan. By the way, just as a side note again, Satan actually derives from a, a Sumerian word. It's called Sata Am, but it actually it, it didn't it wasn't anything bad. It was just, it was actually a name given to Enki, you know, Enlil and Enki from the from the Anunnaki. Anunnaki, yeah. Yeah. So we, we know that Enki was supposedly uh, involved in creating humans and changing our DNA. This is hence the reason for the, the DNA strands and the helixes and why they kind of can't figure out some of the stuff in the DNA. Apparently that was Enki. Enki changed it. And he's been associated with Sata'am, which became Satan eventually. So it's very oh, fascinating. Okay, I mean, we can do a whole we can do a whole freaking podcast on that eventually at some at some stage. Do you know that there's actually an Anunnaki Bible? No. There's actually an Anunnaki Bible. Yeah. So I'm 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 actually I'm gonna download it probably in the next week or two, and I'm gonna read it. And apparently, according to what I've been reading no, up on it. No, no, no. So it's from Cuneiform, and they've obviously translated it into because remember Cuneiform had a lot of Hebrew. Old Hebrew language. It was a mix, mix of languages that the uh, Kenan form had. So, but, but it's been translated. Zechariah Sitchin. No, 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 no. Not Zechariah. No. Uh, no. Okay. No. This is a proper, proper look. I know he did. Uh, apparently, he was the one that tried to decode what was said. And uh, a lot of people disagreed with him. A lot of, of the archaeologists disagreed with his findings. But uh, I'll get that book because I want to read it. Because according to the reviews, a lot of it sounds like the early Bible. So I think oh, okay. I, I think the Old Testament actually derives most of its stories from the Anunnaki Bible. Because you must remember now, Abraham, he was living in Sumeria at the time. So obviously the Sumerian gods, the, the, the story of Eden, that was actually a Sumerian story, Garden of Eden. That, yeah. that was way before 
uh, appeared in the Torah. So uh, that'll be interesting to read. I'm I'm really keen to read that because. Oh yeah, yeah. She's yeah. Well, I want to read that too. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So all right. Okay. Tell 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 me about uh, David Ark. Oh, before we actually get into David Ark. <laughs> So I I go do a bit of research on him because I know you said to me, "Hey, shit, I want to do a book on David Arker. You know, we want to go and see what he's all about and Alien Agenda and this that and next thing." So I thought I'm going to go. Let me go and read a book of his, which I didn't. Let me go and read a book of his, and you know, I, I Google searched him. Dude, he's been cancelled by everybody. <laughs> YouTube banned him. Yeah. Twitter, which is now what one on one kiss one on one X what something X banned him. <laughs> who was on Instagram banned him. Everybody's banned. Okay. <laughs> he had he had some some yeah, say know, he had some say case. about the COVID. It was a whole thing about COVID, so they banned him from that as well. There was a, it's, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, he, no, he's the most hated person on the planet. <laughs> that guy. I mean, it's so funny because when you read his books, it's so outrageous what he's saying. It's like, why would you even? I mean, when you hear what he's saying about the COVID vaccine. You'd think it's so outrageous that why would they even take it seriously? They would just be like, this is the craziest thing we've ever heard. Just fucking let him, no one's going to believe him. Just let him go rampant. Yeah. Probably, problem is a lot of people didn't, didn't believe him. I mean, he's got quite a following. But um, what I love about David Ike, I mean, I think it's so important that, I mean, if the per, if he's right or wrong or whatever, it is great that if there's one narrative, there's another narrative pushing back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that people don't, if, because we don't know which is the right narrative, whatever. And, and, and then, you know, like you can't just let one, get away with it if it's not true. So you, it's good to have both opposing sides. Mm. So when I heard that how how hated he was and like what a, a thing he was causing, I was like, geez, I gotta I gotta see what this guy's about. You know, like you know, like um I just find it fascinating that somebody can cause such fucking havoc. So anyway, so you know I read I just, just read his book The Trap. And um the thing is that he had some really amazing experiences, like um, like awakening experiences, like uh, spiritual experiences that were very profound. And like, um, and I think he has got like some ability to bring some kind of truth or whatever from wherever he's getting it from. Mm. But I just think that he just he just ran away with it. Like I think his his it uh, didn't become subconscious anymore. It was more like. Like, I don't know, like, you know, when people get into this field and they start, like, they start, um, they find an interest and then they go with it and then it, then, then it gets more and more and they, it, like, it just starts getting out of hand. Like, you know, yeah. like, um, they start making it like, like Lyndon Malta Howe, uh, she was so amazing when she made that, that first documentary, um, Strange Harvest and yeah. it actually won an Emmy. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, and it was profound. It was about, it was about the, the, uh, cattle mutilations, you know, yeah. and then, and she was a serious re researcher, but now yeah. when you go onto her channel, um, Earth Files, I mean, you know, the, the most craziest stories you could ever think of is just coming out of, because it's like, it's become like a business now. She's got to like come up with stories now, like all the time to like, uh, okay. to, to feed the, some kind of na narrative. Na and, like, hmm. I mean, I remember... You know what I, I, I kind of associated with? I remember, like at school, when um, um, we had uh, what is this class called? Where they teach you about sex and and stuff like that. I forgot what what it was called, but anyway, sex they, ed. We used to warn us about porn. <laughs> they, about oh, yeah, porn. Like they had it was a different name, but they no, used to I, warn us about the porn. symbology. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know if they told you this, but they said like, just you got to be careful with porn because you're gonna if you 
if you start watching if you start watching porn yeah uh you're gonna it's gonna be interesting and then you're gonna get bored of whatever you're watching and then you're gonna start watching something more crazy like a bit more like erotic and then you're gonna watch for that for a while and you're gonna get bored of that and then the next the next minute you know like a few months down the line you're watching the donkey having sex with the midget you know what i mean like uh, it's like okay, okay. it's it's like you, because you get you get used to like you don't get stimulated by something enough so that okay. you, you look for crazy and crazier like dirty and dirtier porn until you you're looking at the most filthy things on the internet okay um which like i mean thank god like you know I, I, um that's that hasn't happened to me like yeah lucky i haven't got there either what i'm saying i think it's like with this like this uh this kind of esoteric stuff that 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 could can happen you know you start like mm. saying like and then like you get bored because now that's not so like yeah crazy anymore then like start looking so i think david like he just went he's just gone like he went full schizo so <laughs> because like he's got a lot of great spiritual teachings i mean i'm yeah. reading this book and i'm like this is amazing this is so good this is great like um it's it's so good and that and then he just starts going fucking full schizo and he starts saying like there's no such things as aids there's no such thing as the covid virus and um and then I'm just like, fuck, now you've just blown it, dude. You haven't seen such, such good, great stuff here. Now you've just fucked it all up. No one's going to take it. Well, I mean, I'm not no one. I actually got quite a bit following. So I don't know. But but um, so you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I mean, so there's a lot of great messages and things in there, but it just goes really to the other side, you know. And I mean, he starts talking about the COVID vaccine. It's got nano nanoparticles that go in your body and you become like a, like a Bluetooth signal, and then they, they built this grid over the earth that's like it's gonna completely start manipulating you, like it's um because now you're part of like a the technology system that you they can beam information into you and and, and like and like manipulate how you think and behave and stuff like yeah. that. So I mean I don't know. I mean who knows? Who 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 really knows what's true or not? But I mean that to me just sounds incredibly outrageous and I and I really don't want to believe it because I was vaccinated. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, um so yeah it's just a pity because he's got a lot of cool like stuff in there you know and i mean he any he, and then like one of his main theories is that you know this is all just um we're in a simulation you know yeah, it's just yeah. all it's all just uh, like um it's not nothing's real it's just a simulation but i mean if you think about all yogis and all mystics and sages they all you know when they reach enlightenment, they all say the same thing. They say that it's yeah. it's all an illusion. But if, if, if you think about it, an illusion. So, yeah, well, well, if you think about it, everything is is has been created by everything gets created by energy and vibration. So, I mean, the stuff is is not really yeah. solid. It's just it's vibrating at that speed. That's why you're able to sit on it or lean against it or touch it. But everything's energy. So it's it's not really solid. It's just the way it's vibrating. So. The, I think, look, a lot of people don't understand that, but I think they're right. I think they're right on that, on that case that, because you must remember everything around us has been created by us. We have created everything. So it's came through, it's come through as yeah. thought. Thought form then becomes reality because you think it, you then create it. That's why I say we, we, we create the beings. We're able to create things. So everything is, yeah. we're, we're able to manipulate energy. So that's why we can. Um, well, not manipulating in a way that we can change, pull something from the air and then all of a sudden make it into something. But 
you know, we, we can use what we have in front of us that's that's on our dimension that we can use. And this is why with astral projection and astral bodies, you're able to uh, to to move out into different realms because you're vibrating at a different frequency and you're able to move around at, at a different frequency. So, but yeah, sorry, we we uh, we moved off a little bit there. So yeah, you were saying about David Ike? Yeah, yeah, but but Dr. but it's it's pretty cool how he he does he explains it in a way that we can we can understand it in like terms of technology and like coding and and uh, and stuff like that. So. It's basically like what all the sages and 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 uh, mystics and everything were saying. Like it's all an illusion, but he explains it in a way like how the Matrix movie explained yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, but it, but also then he obviously brings in the whole reptilian agenda, and it's all about reptilians uh, controlling the whole um, planet, and that they're feeding off of our our anguish and anger and fighting, and they they actually manipulating all of these wars and social media things and whatever just to so we keep in, in a state of misery and chaos and confusion and anger because they feed off of that energy which i like that idea because it's it sounds like even as crazy as that sounds it's it it's it, it could be true because i mean if you think how crazy things are you you're like, like there must be some kind of outside influence but um so and then also what was great is that he actually came to south africa and he spent time with Creed Mutua. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a six-hour interview, which I can't find. I, I think it was on UFO TV. Six-hour interview where he's sitting with Creed Mutua, and Creed Mutua, like confirms all of the stuff. He says, no, the Zulu people believe that it was, uh, um, it, uh, it was a reptilian race that came down and uh, enslaved the whole uh, world. And that's okay. what we've seen today. And also, respect what the gray aliens and um, you know, like soldiers of the automatons or whatever of the reptilians yeah, I'm just interested. Did he? Do you think he made this a reptilian agenda? Like, did he put it like? Um, I mean, I know it's been always around, as you as you've said, but like, he did he put it on the uh, uh, on the map? I think there's another guy in the 1940s that brought this whole uh, theory. I think they found tunnels underneath the ground, and uh, he brought this whole agenda in. I think it was the 1940s. I do stand to be corrected. He said no, there were aliens. I mean, there were reptilians, and I think he was the guy. But do you remember a series in the 80s called V? Yes, V, yeah. Do you remember it? So a lot of the things yes, that, that David Ike like is saying, yes, and they were eating human beings and all sorts of stuff. A lot of what David Ike is saying, I think he perhaps, and sorry, David, if he does eventually listen to this, I think perhaps he's watching too much V. I don't know, because <laughs> a lot of the stuff that he's saying there kind of is what happened in the show. It was actually a very good movie, by the way. Okay, so I was interviewing a lot of people and there were some, you know, really good stories and some that were a bit, I didn't find credible. But Stephen's story always stood out to me and I actually wanted it to be in the in the documentary. But unfortunately, the documentary was running very long and we had to cut some interviews out. And also, the the producer was telling me, she's like this reptilian story, like we're going to lose credibility with this show because we wanted to be like more, you know, like, it's cool for us that believe in this kind of stuff. You know, we want the juicy stuff like the the hectic porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want the reptilians and the, the crazy <laughs> shit. But um, but like she was like, no, no, we can't have this, and the, the no one's gonna believe it. But but anyway, I really liked the story, and it didn't make it into the documentary. But I'm gonna put it in another documentary later. So I just thought it was great. Because we did doing a thing on reptilians, and uh, and he and uh, yeah, I just can't wait to share his his story. 
Okay, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, that that'd be yeah, cool. Because so there there have been a there have been a few people that I don't know personally, but uh, you know I've I've heard stories when you when you go through on YouTube and you go and listen to Gaia, uh, Gaia TV, and you know there's there's people that have that have said that they've met them and 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 what they've said hasn't been bad stuff. Well, some of them, actually, most of them have been pretty good. They've said they they're gentle beings, and you know there's that guy Corey Good. That's with, yeah. what's the guy that looks like a, a gray with a big head? Wilcock, David Wilcock. Yeah, 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 yeah. So David, David Wilcock, he's the presenter. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then Corey Good. So Corey Good says that he met uh, reptilian beings that took him down, uh, took him under the earth and showed him the cities and all that kind of stuff. So that that's also on Gaia TV, um, by the way. There's quite a few things yes. that happened with them. Yeah, so the whole reptilian thing there, he was, he's in communication with them apparently and all sorts of stuff. I do. I do remember David. He's from England, obviously. For those who you don't know, and uh, I know he was a footballer until he got injured uh, playing football. And I think he landed up. Was it in Peru or he landed up somewhere um, overseas? And um, he had this profound. Uh, this is where he had his very first incident. Well, I think he landed up going to some cave, and you know he had to go and look. And something said to him. Uh, go outside or go to this cave and he went to the cave and they had a look around there and then he found some stuff there and then he went outside and and something said don't worry you will understand when it starts raining and, and then he held his hands up and it started raining i don't know so there's a whole big thing i can't remember the yes, exact that's, that's quite correct yeah that's, that's actually all that happened yeah yeah so but, um, he, he did have a very big uh, spiritual thing and i think you're right i think the, the thing is he should have maybe stayed on that path Stay on the spiritual thing because it sounds like he had some good good information to give. Now the problem is when you're reading his books, you've got to kind of weed out the BS because, yeah. uh, and unfortunately, some of the stuff just sound, and as much as we may be conspiracy theorists to an extent, we are. But some of the stuff, even for us, is like way out. You know what I mean? It just doesn't sound. I mean, like when you've yeah. got the Queen as a lizard, Barack Obama as a lizard person. I don't know. That just doesn't. It doesn't gel. It doesn't sit well with me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I might be wrong. It just, it just doesn't. It doesn't gel. I do know they shapeshifters, yeah. and I do know they can live in, amongst us. I do know that. But uh, yeah. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Oh, talk about shapeshifting in the Quran. You've heard about beings called the jinn. Yeah, yeah, the jinn. Yeah, yeah, the jinn are shapeshifters. Yes. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting as well. So the, perhaps they are the reptilian race that the Prophet Muhammad went and spoke to. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, they've been around us for ages, dude. For ages. So yeah. So Stephen, yeah, thanks for coming on. And um, yeah, we wanted to. I don't know our, po our podcast. I don't know if you actually. I don't even tell you what the name is, but we we just you know we it's called Strange and Mysterious World. We interview people about metaphysical things and strange mysterious things all over the world so i just remember from the documentary your your story has always stuck out it's been so intriguing and i, I really loved it and I, I was, i'm so excited to have you on the podcast to share it with uh, the world so thanks yeah, for sure. coming on right. yeah so Stefan, okay. we, we we're you. kind of chatting tonight uh, about the whole reptilian presence on the planet sure so now what happened well let's start Stephen, let's let's start from because you 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 started off with um your you had a you had a, a an accident and you had a near-death experience and i think that's where it started the story started so um 
when we start from the near-death experience. Yeah. Yeah, so whatever you think is relevant. Whatever you think is relevant. You know what? The the, the near-death experience was was, was a part that I didn't connect the dots with. But when I I had this encounter with this... Okay, Lee, to put you in the picture, I had a, a car accident in Bedford View Five of us in a mini, just and, and we took our two telephone poles. I went through the seats and I took the gear stick in the chest, and I was dead. Doctors worked said that it was pretty much roughly about four minutes, but in that time, that that bright white light and, and that light that everybody sees, and I saw a relative next to me. I saw my sister was there, and I saw some of the guy up there looked like a Chinese guy or something. Anyway, came back and, 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 and sort of forgot about it. And the doctor, there was a doctor that interviewed me at the hospital, was writing a documentary, something similar to what you guys are doing here at the moment. And I forgot about it. That happened in 1979, 1980 on Old Year's Eve. And then in 1990, a girlfriend and I, um, we, were, we were chatting about near-death experiences. And, and I, I saw some friends up in Northcliffe. And uh, she had a friend that was very, uh, very intrigued about ne- uh, about uh, near death experiences. Anyway, uh, we went off, and then a week or so later, she phoned up and she said to me, "I've got a guy that I want you to meet. He actually wants to meet you. Wants to chat to you about your near death experience." That's fine. I guess I don't have a problem. I share that experience and that information with anybody. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell it to you exactly. What happened that day? So, so this friend of ours lives on top of the hill in Northcliffe. I don't know if any guys know Northcliffe at all, but anyway, yeah, yeah. up on the up on the hillside. And as we walked, as I walked up the stairs, this woman, her husband, came down the stairs, and he didn't know me that well, but he just said to my girlfriend, who he knew well, and he said, "Sylvia, I've known you for about forty years," and he used the words. He, he said, "I." I suggest you get the fuck out of here now. And she looked at him and said to him, you know, Robbie, have you been smoking something? He said, I'm telling you, you don't know what you're fucking with. And we, we just thought he was maybe having one of his off days. Anyway, so we, we ignored it and off he went. He, he used to specialize with special effects, so we thought maybe he's just on another trip. Anyway, went into the house and he was this very odd Odd-looking man. I, I, that's all I can put. You know, it stands out with me now that that um, he, he made a there was like a long table, and he made a point of saying to me, "Sit opposite me." And I thought, cool. But you know, if I I, I was roughly, I'm trying to think what I was old. I was probably about thirty-five years old, and. I asked him about his background, and I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "No, I work for NASA. I worked for NASA." And I've worked for a lot of the military in South Africa. And I looked and I thought, there's no ways, man. You're too young. He must, he looked like he was about 40 years old. There was no way that this guy could have worked for all these companies. He was way too young. Anyway, so he said opposite, he said to me, so tell me what happened on the night. And I explained the whole story about the car going. And, and, and he said, so when you left your body, tell me about the lights. He used Yes, uh, lights, not light. So I said, I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, I saw a light. He said, no. And he, like in a funny voice, he said to me, no, Stephen, tell me about the lights. And then it's just something 
memory of that night came back and and then then I started remembering a slight pulsating light in 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 the, when I was out of my body but couldn't put my finger onto it this guy at no stage did this guy I know today because I'm in alternative health at no stage did this guy make any eye contact all his eye contact was at my heart chakra and it took about it took a split second and his face shifted uh, into a reptilian and uh, my partner next to me never saw anything but she felt something she just said no this meeting's over i don't know what you are and uh, i i literally crapped myself i don't think i've ever been so frightened in my entire life <laughs> because you're not you're not expecting you're not expect i'm not expecting to talk to you two guys and suddenly you both turn out to be reptilians yeah <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, tell us about the lot, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? So years later, William, I'll, I'll tell a story where I met the other guy, and he said, "I've been marked." So, Lee, so I moved to Cape Town. I'll give you the whole story here. Yeah, yeah. So, start from the beginning. Yeah, he's right, Kevin. Yeah, start from. All right. <laughs> so, uh, in '96, I moved to Cape Town, and and then I changed direction of career in, in 99 I went into the alternative health studied that and there was a german guy next to me used to sell crystals and uh, one night invited me to his house up in um, high level road um, up in seapoint there and there was a whole lot of us there, there were like the guy who runs the what's that place out in that is sutherland there was that enormous dome i don't know what it's called the main guy was there that evening as well so there's everybody tied up who to do with space and we were talking about space and we were talking about different things and my friend paul said everybody tell us about a story or something that's happened to you. people talking about ghosts and talking about apparitions and all this and i said you know what i've got a story to tell you guys and so i went through and as i was halfway through telling them about the reptilian paul just stopped me immediately and said no 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 stop 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 that's it and said to everybody party's over dinner's over you need to go and i got up to go and he said no 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 i need you to stay here and he went and got a book opened up the book and he said to me is this what you saw and i said yes and he said you've been marked they're going to come they're going to come back to you they're going to they're going to come for you and i said what are you talking about he said well tell me has anything happened i said my hearing i could hear conversations from a kilometer away i, I started seeing sources triangles you name it and because i'm in the in the alternative uh, health business i literally could see into people's bodies and see what was wrong i didn't even have to do any form of diagnosis so he said is is going to have to perform like an exorcism and he said come in a week's time went in a week's time he said bro you got to bring two bags of 25 kilograms of salt like they chuck into the swimming pools and he basically performed an exorcism before you before stephen holland before you carry on there yes. let me ask you a question yes. Yes. so the the accident happened when 1979 1980 okay so from from there you when yeah. when when was it that you realized that you had these abilities that you could see people no, no, that that only came in when i had this encounter with this with, with that guy. guy in 19 yeah yeah in 91 1991 okay we saw the reptilian. 
Yeah. All right. And then, so the excess, okay, so you had this ability that you were able to see people's issues in 1991. You know what? I, yeah. I would drive down the road and something would tell me there's, a, there's an accident about to happen. Okay. Turn left. I, I would turn left and I could literally hear the car smashing into each other. Sure. Okay. And now uh, the guy wanted to exercise you in what year? It was roughly about 2001, 2000-2001. Okay, so let me ask you, do you not think that this ability was actually a gift? Well, of course. I I, I wouldn't want to get rid of that. I wouldn't want to get rid of that. If somebody wants to exercise me, I'm like, no ways, buddy. I've got this. uh, I'm keeping this, whatever it is. He Whatever he did, he spoke in a language that I've never heard. He spoke with a a lot of clicking sounds. Now, he was German, Flemish. I know Flemish is a very different language. Yeah. And I've heard people speak, I've heard them speak before. It's a language that, it, it, in my view, it, it, it was an ancient language that he had obviously learned or mastered. Yeah. And unfortunately, Paul's passed away. And looking back now, I'm not certain if Paul is what he says he was, if, if that makes sense to you. Okay. Because me, he said, you'll, you'll lose a lot of these things, but they'll come back. I haven't got them back anything on the scale that I used to have them. On, on a one to ten, when this guy gave me this gift, I was probably fifteen out of ten. At the moment, I'm probably a runner, but five or six out of ten. Okay. So, so what was his no, what was I, his idea? Why why did he say you needed to be exercised? What what was the reason? He felt that they were going to come back for me. He he had he's seen two cases in the states, yeah. one in Germany, and he said you're the first one I've seen in South Africa. So, so what was he worried about? That he was they were going to come back and do what to you? Or what were they? Yeah, he said, he said you've been marked. He just said to me, "You've been marked. They're going to they're going to come back and they 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 they're going to they're going to they're going to use you for whatever." And I didn't go into detail. I just thought, "Oh fuck, you know what? I don't need this now." Sorry about this swearing. <laughs> we can just delete that. Sorry. I forgot you're not allowed to swear in this podcast. No, you can actually. Uh, we swear a lot. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but but I'm but I must tell you I don't know if I told you William but the dreams that I've been having yeah so something something is opened up here because in from about 2015 up until 2022 I've been having some I don't think they're dreams you know what I'm 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 kind of I, I, it feels like I'm living a parallel life if it makes sense. Mm. The first dream, the first dream I have is I know it's not here. The sky is a different color. All the bowlings are off the ground, and I'm and I'm and I'm walking, and everybody knows me. And I'm walking down this massive vet uh, uh, nursery in a sense, and we're dealing with plants and all of that. And everybody's like chatting away, and they're not calling me Stephen. I don't know what they're calling, but everybody, we all know each other. So then, so then the other dream I had was. You know, it's like I've taken this life on as a wimp here on planet Earth. And here I am. And I can, and, and so I make a note. I'm in some sort of a spacecraft. And I'm trying to make a note of looking at, at the side of the water. And I know it's, it's some sort of a craft. And everybody's asking me for advice. And, um, I do, and it's like I'm sort of the captain of this, of this ship. And, I can, and, we look, and I look out of this massive window. And there's a full-scale war going on up in the universe up here, somewhere out in one of the systems, solar systems. Okay. And then it fades, and then it fades away, and then I wake up. But you know, I wake up, and I can still feel those people in the room. That's why I say, I don't know if I, 
if I'm living parallel lives or if it's something that's coming in from an old memory. And then the last dream, past which life. is probably the, sorry? Or maybe a past life. But, but Stephen, no, I don't know the one it's not a past life. No, 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 it's not, no, it's not a past life. Because now I'll tell you about the last dream. That was about three years ago. And now I'll make a point of, of and, 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 I'm, and I'm walking towards, you guys are going to be shocked here, what I, what I believe is an underground base in Table Mountain. Okay. So I'm walking, and there's four of us, and we must be about 15, 20 feet tall. And I look, and I'm, and I'm saying, hey, guys, we all look like greys, but we're all these big floppy outfits. Well, we, we, we're enormous. And there's a guy standing at a door, a human, in a khaki um, um, overall, and he slides his door open, and we walk in, and I can just see masses of spacecraft and, and everybody doing a lot of work, looks like a lot of uh, repair work in it. Okay. And wow. I, say, I sense it's Cape Town, the Table Mountain. Table Mountain has given me the creeps for years. Um, I can't tell you how happy I am to have left Cape Town. Gotcha. But, so I don't know. I don't believe they past lives. I, I, I think it's, it's either parallel lives or whatever that reptilian did to me is, is coming to the surface. Okay. But then, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So tell yes. me, like before you saw this reptilian on on Northcliffe Hill, um, did you know anything about reptilians, or like, did you know anything about no, UFOs? No, 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 no. No, you know what? I I I went to these people who, who um, the people that that in question, they apparently saw a UFO, and this is how a lot of this stuff came out. They were interviewed on Cot Blanche in seven hundred two and. Because they saw something one night that was following them, and they were completely rattled, and uh, they believed that they were abducted. They took the mom and daughter into two separate rooms. They were both chatting. They went in and had hypnotherapy afterwards, and there was a time lapses of, of times missing. So I was very intrigued about this. At, at that stage, I'd seen things before, but could never put it down to what it was, seeing things in the sky and things moving around. But then... I, I've I've read a lot of UFO books, but but nothing on the scale of reptilians or greys or prey mantis types or etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And I went to so so they were telling us about. They said, "Why don't you come and join us at, to a UFO meeting?" Uh, Lee, you would probably remember the late Elizabeth Clara. Yeah, we actually did a book of hers recently. Yeah, well, she, well, she was there. She was she was there at that meeting at that night. Yeah. And they were talking a lot about it, uh, a lot about, uh, she spoke about uh, her guy from, from Planet Whatever, and other people were coming forward and saying that seeing uh, things up in the sky. And, and, and we were, my, my partner and I, we were just um, part of the audience. But uh, something interesting that I saw, they showed us a black and white film. Obviously, it was shot from a mirage or one of those, and, and you see this mirage chasing some form of a disc. No bullets came out of that mirage. That thing was shot in 1972 or something, and you watch something coming out the front and that, that craft spiraling out of control. And, and then that's the end of the clip. Well, the mystery deepens here. I went to a UFO meeting in Rondebosch about 2015, and I was telling my ex-partner about that very meeting that we had in Johannesburg 
And a guy behind me taps me on the shoulder and he says to me, listen, be, please, before you go, I need to talk to you. So at the end of the meeting, he says to me, you've solved the mystery. I worked at the Air Force Base in Ludwitz when, when that craft came down. And there were eight bodies on that craft. He said, but we didn't know how it came down. So he fitted the rest of the picture. And he said, aircraft carrier came from America, picked up the bodies, picked up the craft, and off they went. Mm. Okay. Jeez, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm like, so, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm, sorry, what was that? Tom, just when you were at the meeting with Elizabeth Crow, was this before the reptilian? Yeah, because she yeah. passed away. In, yeah, she yeah, passed away. Yeah. In, yeah, it was like the 1994, I think it was. So... So we went to that meeting around about 1990-91. It was about two weeks afterwards, after going to that meeting, that, that this woman died, said to me, I've got a friend who wants to meet you. And, you know, I looked up on her profile on Facebook the other day. Yeah. And his, name, and his face popped up there. He doesn't, he looks the same age that what he was uh, when, when I had the meeting with him. He had the most peculiar, it looked like he had a blue tattoo on top of his forehead. It came to a point. But when I looked him up, he said his name was Jean or Jacques. Okay. And it could only be the same guy. And I, and I looked and I thought, oh, my God, there he is. So this guy doesn't seem to age. Mm. The reptilian guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a, that's truly fascinating. You know, I, 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 you know what? But since all of this, uh, I, must, I must try and see if I, I can pull it off my computer. I went to Australia 2010, 2012. 2012, I was coming back, mm -hmm. and we had to make up time. Uh, we were eight hours behind from Sydney to Johannesburg. Mm -hmm. But we were followed by something. I happened to look out the window, and there was a uh, – it looks like an orb. And, and there was a guy next to me that was doing something to do with space or something, and I said to him – I didn't know at the time. I said to him, look at that. What is that? And he said, shit, I can't believe it. He says, it looks like some sort of a craft. I tried to take my camera, but, you know, it's difficult to shoot standing up and with the windows curved. Mm. And, and all I've got is a light. And we thought maybe it's the sun. And he said, no, that's not the sun. Please send me those pictures when you get back to Cape Town. And I sent them off to him. Then he said to me, you know what, I work for some space technology thing in Australia. So I'd love to get those pictures. And I've still got some of them on, on the computer here somewhere. But Do you send them to us so we can put them in the, the video here. Yeah, uh, yeah they're called Foo Fighters. I don't know what they were, and and yes. and you can see a bit of the ice below, broken up of the ice, and you and you see this thing because it kept coming and going, and um, I, as I said, I thought it was the sun. He said, "No, that's not the sun." Mm. So I thought, okay, he's obviously seen something that I haven't. Um, but, do yourself a favor, go go and read up a little bit about the Foo Fighters. They were seen in World War Two. The pilots yeah, I know, saw I know, them. I know, yeah, I know all about the Foo Fighters. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, yeah. they were all accusing each other of having uh, X <laughs> amount of weaponry. And in the meantime, <laughs> you know, a little, little mates there. Yeah. So you so, probably saw something. So, Stephen, yes. just to go back to the interview when you were with the guy that turned into reptilian, he was so he just wanted to hear about the light. And he was, and he was asking you Only, about the light. Yeah, yeah. Why did you want to know asking, about the light? What, because he knew, he knew, he knew. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he must knew. have known. So he must have. He he you know what? Now looking back, somehow these guys—I say these guys—have got technology that it goes way beyond any of us. Mm. That so when we leave our bodies and we go from yet to wherever that is, 
I don't know what your, your religious belief, somewhere in between that, we see, they say it's the brain shutting down, you can call it whatever you like. Mm. So somehow these crafts or these people are waiting. Maybe like sort of, uh, you know what, there's, somebody wrote a book on how these guys take your souls. And I thought, mm, but, but I, I wasn't going to pay $28 for the book. I just thought there's no way I'm paying for it. And, I, and afterwards, I thought, now, I wonder if, and that sounds like a crock of shit, that in the time that you die, when he triggered it, he said to me, tell me about the lights. And then it hit me. It was like a pulsating light. It wasn't that bright. It was that very bright white light, but it was pulsating. Why would it be pulsating? And I t- uh, tried to, and no, it wasn't, I, I tried to speak to Rod Suskin with something that he didn't have a clue what I was talking about. And I tried to bring up that pulsating light for me. You know, I thought at the time uh, I sent him an email or we chatted on the phone or something, and, and he, he didn't. He was completely clueless. He said, uh, uh, "Maybe you had something to drink." I said, "Yeah, we were all drunk, but I, but I know what I saw." Mm. So let me ask you yeah. a question about the the reptilians. Yes. Uh, in your opinion, yes. do you think uh, these guys are malevolent, or do you think they're benevolent? Do you think they're goodies, or do you think not so good? You know what I. Looking back now, I don't think that guy was that bad. Yeah. I think he genuinely gave me a gift. He, you know what? He opened something up, and I think we all as humans have it. Mm. So I don't I, – I, yes, that's very difficult. The guy that removed it, I'm not so certain about him anymore. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder, and I wondered why he was so anti me having these gifts. Yeah. Okay. So, but as I say, unfortunately – He's he's passed away now. He went back to Germany. A funny thing is, he, he died of AIDS uh, by by um, um, a, a terrible accident. Somebody attacked him in Sea Point, and the guy ripped his throat, and he had blood and all that in his fingers. And they and he kept getting sick, and they couldn't work it out. He kept getting pneumonia, and then they moved to an Eisner. And doctor said, "Listen, I'm just going to do a test," and and then called him aside and said to him, "Listen, I don't know who your girlfriend is." But you've got full-blown AIDS. And he said, don't be daft. And I'm like 75 years old. Who do you think I'm romping around with? And they <laughs> said, well, you've picked it up from somebody. And then he said he was attacked about five years ago. And, and, and the guy's hands were full of blood and probably got it from there. And then Shit. went over to Germany. And then the last I heard, I, as I said, I think he's dead because I tried to find his wife on Facebook. Nothing. Sure. Okay. So would you like to meet Joanne again or Jacques? You know, oh, <laughs> you know, it, I, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of if we could sit down and he didn't shape shift, I'd say yes. You know what it is? <laughs> I think I, I, I think I think you know what it is because I'm I'm sitting and I'm talking to you two guys, mm. and you're both humanoid. Now, now suddenly, what happens is out of the boot. Wasn't like he said to me, oh, "Okay, hold on, watch my face." It took a split second. And at the time, I nearly crapped myself. I was, I was absolutely lost for words because my, my, my girlfriend then, Sylvia, said to me, what did you see? And I told her, and she said, geez. I, I said, what did you? And she said, I felt something crawling under my skin. I said, did you see anything? She said, no, nothing. But, I, but she said, it's something terrible. That man's got something terrible. So I don't know. To ask, answer your question, I don't know. And then, um, and have you sp- uh, sorry, Will, uh, sort of ask a quick question. Do you remember what he looked like, though? So I know you said it was that split second, but can you recall yeah. from that split second what he looked like? Was it, did he have big eyes and what color was the skin? Do you remember? 
They look like you're like your little geckos that run around the house here. Yeah. That same scale. Okay. Uh, a reptile. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So every no 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 every everything changed. He, he obviously I couldn't see what was underneath his, his shirt because that was um, Heaven, he had a yeah. shirt on and that. Yeah. But his whole face, it literally took a split second for for, and and obviously these guys have mastered how to shift change. Yeah. Or shape shift or, or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, Stephen, have you that other guy that came on the stairs? Your guy that was your friend that was in the the, the special effects business yes. that told you Rob, get the Robbie. fuck out of here. Yeah. Have you spoken to him since then, or like? No, never, never, never ever spoke to him again after that, because you know what, Robbie half the time was smoking joints and he was high half the time, mm. and and because he was doing special effects stuff, he he was he's the guy that made up the first ninja. Turtles on Seychelles. They called him, and he, and he made up all those all those ninja turtles. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so he is quite big, and he also did that trick petrol. Oh uh, yes, he made up that whole. He made up that whole. It wasn't a zebra, but he made up that whole thing. It's all made up with wires because it's all in his studio. Okay. And he says, "Check him. We move him. The head moved, and everything moved around." And so when he came down the stairs, and he said, "Listen, get the fuck out of here." I mean, we just thought, oh my God, he's probably he had one too many joints here. Yeah, but he it's obviously saw something in that state. He's... Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. man, that's, that's so interesting, eh? You know, of, of of the people that I've spoken to, the experiences that I've spoken to that I've had close encounters and that, that's okay, look, besides my mom. Because we, we always talk about the things where I've never seen it before. William's never seen it before. But we always chat about these things. And we think to ourselves, you know, are people really seeing these things or is it just maybe maybe in the imaginations but you know when more and more people are saying the things that you just said now where like for example David Ike I mean he mentioned that when he was doing an interview with I can't remember if it was the Queen or somebody where they also in a split second they they whole but they're all they're all reptilians yes uh, Steve I just want to ask you back to that light thing so you reckon that's because I mean um, I know we were just speaking about David Ike before you came on because he, he, he's a, a firm believer that the reptilians have made a, it's a reincarnation trap. And it's, and it's that light is actually, like, lures you to the light to just bring you back into the reincarnation trap. Uh, so I do you would, think that that I is, wouldn't that, be that surprised. A, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens. Because you just con- constantly stay in this um, vibration, if I put it, on planet Earth. And just you just keep going backwards and forwards. So you're telling me Scientology is correct then? <laughs> well, you know what? Do you know Ron L. Hubbard? He was he was very sharp. I didn't realize that he was quite high up in the space program. Did you guys know yeah, that? He, he no, I didn't know that. I knew he was an author, but I didn't know he was up in the space program. No, no, no. He was no, big he, because he, he was he was he was big mates. With uh, Von Braun, what's his name? Werner Von Braun. He was big mates with Werner Von Braun. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, he and also he saw. He, he also saw things. He also saw things, and he also picked up things, and he also worked on people with the knowledge of, I say, the ET. He obviously got the knowledge from these ETs. Mm-hmm. I always thought he was just a complete idiot, but yeah, over the book. Well, well, his book yeah. dynamic is is that the what Scientology the first book that you you get to this his first book you get at Scientology is called Dynetics, so Dynamics, yeah, Dynetics, yeah, dyna- Dynamic. That yeah. was that that was the New York Times bestseller. 
Yeah. I mean, that was a, it was a big, because it was to deal with the mental health. It was like a new way to look at mental health or whatever. And it, it was a, it was a big, it was a popular book, that thing. I mean, he, I think he's channeled. That's what I he's channeled, you know? He's, he was quite high up in the Navy. I, I, I won't say Admiral, but he was, when he was, he was higher than, than sort of a captain level. It somehow tells me I'm leading a parallel life here. If that makes sense. It, it, yeah, it's funny that you say that, Stephen, because we interviewed a lady earlier on, I think, two episodes back or whatever. Her name is Heather. Heather Ann. Um, uh, and she's a psychic. And she says, I mean, we, she didn't say this on the podcast, but she's told me this before, that she says she goes to bed at night and she goes and she like astral travels or comes out of the body and she also finds herself in like a parallel world, exactly like you said. With reptilians and other um, things uh, fighting a, a war, yeah. and she's like helping them fight this war, and she says that she they use her to like as like one of the soldiers or one of, she has to be like one of the people in the in the war that that they use her to fight. No, no but Thank you yeah. you know what? In one of, one of the books I read, it's uh, what you're just telling me now. Half your fighters in the states or or like pilots net up thing. They take these guys who were like 40 years old and they take them back. This is a technology they use. They take them back to when they were 20. And then they send them up to these space programs to go and fight these galaxy wars. And the one guy in particular was, was talking because he came back here to planet Earth and he kept having a memory. He was married. kept having a memory lapse of, of this woman that he had lost, him thinking – it's a previous life or something. Went to a few hypnotherapists. Uh, Eventually, somebody got him under, and they discovered that he was being taken to fight wars up there, and they, they didn't quite erase his memory completely. And he met somebody up there, married that person up there, and she was killed. And he was constantly living with that. And then they bring you back out to where you're 40 and erase your memory. But he was also saying the technology is that if your arm gets blown off, they literally regrow your arm back in seconds. If your head gets blown off, well, that's the end of you. And he was talking about something similar to like what this woman said, that they're fighting all these galaxy wars out there as humans. Yeah, I think uh, wasn't David Wilcock talking about this stuff with Corey Good as well? The 20 year, uh, the 20 year. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the twenty. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was Corey Good. Yeah. 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 I, I remember. And I, and, I, and 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 a part of me thought maybe this is what's happening to me. Maybe that spacecraft, like I mean, it it, it was kind of grey black inside. There were all humans inside, but I somewhat had a very high ranking. I was in charge of that all of that whole ship. Yeah, the difference though, with said, your the difference with your dreams though is that you're not dreaming that you're human. You're dreaming that you're something else. No, well, I, no, well, up there in that ship, I was human. Oh, okay. Right. When when I had the dream of walking towards that that um, hangar door, I yeah. was a I was a fifteen or twenty foot uh, gray. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, thank you very much for the joining us here on our podcast tonight. Thank you for sharing your experiences, and it's been really, really good to talk to you. So yeah, we'll we'll hopefully we'll chat to you again sometime soon. That'll be good. Thank you so much. Cool. All right, cool. Hey. That, was, that was very lucky, man. Um, I, th I think that was quite an experience. Wow. Yeah, cool. I definitely wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't have gone for an exorcism. I promise you. No, I would have kept this. <laughs> no, I would have no, kept that skills, man. 
I'm not sad that that happened, man. Yeah. But you never They're know. Maybe there was some reason. Maybe there's a reason. Yeah, but I, I'm glad that I spoke to him again because like, I remember when I sp- uh, did that interview with him, I was wanting to get with Robbie Guess, like his mate was in this, this special effects thing. I wanted to find out. That, well, now that he mentioned oh, Jacques, whatever, he sees him on, on Facebook there, I want to... I'd love to go and, and and go and interview them and see or like speak to them and see what their side of the story was because that would be great to yeah I mean if they do have any story then it'd be great to put it in the documentary and I can actually use that his um, footage. But but like I was but, saying, um, um, he but yeah, yeah, just, yeah. no okay. Look, I know he did say he did have the vision of well he saw the change while he was awake, but it does seem to be there's some connection while he's sleeping. So what I was saying yeah. earlier, when these guys are seeing these Nagas and all these kind of things in the dream, in the dream world or in the astral realm, or whichever other realm they're going to, wherever they are, these things are quite prevalent in those in those realms. So, and you were saying that well, the Sankamas. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was talking about Sadhguru. So I mean, like I, I was, I'm, you know, I like Sadhguru, and I, 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 you know, I still kind of follow him occasionally. But um, I was initiated to the Shambhavi Madhukriya. And I mean, I, I followed him quite intensively at one stage, but he also spoke about the Naga a lot. And he said that there, there's Naga, I mean, obviously Yadi, Adi Yogi, the first Yogi, he is always, not always, but sometimes represented with a snake on his shoulder or like around his neck because that's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a state of being that you become like a, a Naga, like a, a snake or whatever. And, and Sadhguru said that there's, he says that there's Nagas all over the cosmos. and But he says, which is interesting, he says that some of them are created by humans, but it sounds like it's almost like a tulpa or something mm. that we've like created like a thought form in the, in the cosmos. But he says like, but he says like a lot of them are not created by humans and they're out in the cosmos. But he doesn't go into detail that they're reptilian beings or whatever, but it just, it's quite fascinating that he has this act that. And um, I've talked to a lot of Sangormas and, uh, and, and I put them in my documentaries and that. And uh, and and always when the Sangomas always talk about, especially when they get called by the water spirit, they say that they see fishtail beans and they also see the snake, and it's also very intertwined with each other. So it's either the snake or the fishtail bean that they see, and um, and a lot of the time it's the seven-headed snake, and the great Malambo. That's what you were talking about earlier. They call it the great Malambo, and and the snake is is very entrenched in in, in, in the Sangoma. Spirit, or whatever you want to call it spiritual, and also for our international views, the Sangoma is like it's a South African traditional healer, also known maybe as shaman, shamanism. But yeah, they're called Sangomas here in South Africa, and uh, yeah, so that a lot of it has to do with the snake. And you, when I speak to them, they, they say they say like they'll see a snake, like a big snake, like and nobody else can see the snake, but they'll see it. And like, um, I mean, I was just speaking to a driver the other day, I was on a shoot, and the driver was. Same as wife's sangoma, and she would see a snake, like a big snake, just like you know, they'll just be out like at the at the park or whatever, and she'll be like, "There's a huge snake. There's a snake. It's lying there," and he'll be like, "I can't see it," and she's like, "It's right there," and it's uh, and they always say that. so. It's, it's quite interesting. It's um, yeah, the naga or the snake or the mlangu or all of the other traditions that we spoke about earlier. It's all kind of in same yeah. thing. Very interesting. Yeah. All right, cool, man. All right. Anyway, um, I think that's us for for tonight. 
thank you guys <laughs> but thank you everybody for listening again much appreciated you can find us everywhere and whichever podcast channel you have we, you, you will find us we have started releasing our videos on youtube as well you can find us there if you want to rather watch but yeah thanks again guys and um yeah we'll chat to you again next week thanks will cool dude. 